Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's Open Micers and the house. Pop that pussy with that Open Micers logo in your mouth. Kiss him with his bald-ass head. Jacob looking in bed. It's Open Micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, Open Micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. Open Micers in the house, Open Micers is a mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. The mic is now open. You heard it. The mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest to you guys. Uh, This guy has been doing comedy forever, man. He's open for some of the biggest names in comedy, including Tom Segura, Bo Burnham. Uh, You can listen to his album right now, Hot for Too Long, which debuted in the top five on iTunes. It's a fantastic album. I definitely recommend it. Please. Give it up for Mike Cronin, guys. How you doing, brother? Doing good. How you guys doing? Doing great. We're good, man. What? Hey, we, we... I had a question. Um, Go for it. So for your theme song, you just decided first take, best take, huh? You just didn't even bother. <laughs> yeah. So so we talked a little bit about the theme song before we started recording, and I asked Mike to give his opinion on it. And um, so it came from a local musician who's been on our show before. Uh-huh. who is just objectively like the worst local musician. <laughs> okay. And, he, and he, he puts out these songs and doesn't realize like how bad they are. And so I was like, yeah, yeah dude, definitely give us a theme song. <laughs> and I play it for people who are like pretty, pretty famous. Like people yeah. are like, it hurts him that they don't like it. And he's just now realizing that it's bad. I personally it enjoy sounds... it myself. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like a good song, um, but the speakers aren't working. Like they're not set up yet, so you're just getting <laughs> like the the uh, the lyrics, and then you can faintly hear like some sort of melody in the back. But you haven't hooked up that speaker yet. It's just subwoofer and uh, something else. Yeah. Well, so when you listen to it on spot like Spotify, if you listen to our audio track of the pod. You can hear it better. Mm-hmm. So, but but when we play it for our guests, like the you know the guitar riff is fine. It's like a nice you know three chord guitar riff or whatever. But the yeah. worst thing that I want people to hear is the lyrics, dude. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> like that's and then clever. it just changes halfway through, like completely changes style. And I was like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. And th- so the original Goose was like a rap version, like a hip hop version. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I kind of get this. And then he was like, hey, I could do an acoustic version for you if you would prefer that. And I was like, yeah. yes, yes, we would prefer that. <laughs> definitely, definitely put your exact rap song to an acoustic beat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want that. <laughs> to, to show oh, yeah. to professional comedians and musicians. We want to. <laughs> yeah, I told him he them. needed to, uh, I challenged him to, to make an entire album of theme songs for us which I, I hope he does. So we, we have an entire album to, to choose from and we can sell it if people actually want to want to buy it. <laughs> no one would buy oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the, it would be the one like $10 CD they bought that just never got listened to. Yeah. <laughs> it just stays in the shrink wrap. <laughs> no Hell yeah. That, <laughs> you know what? I changed my mind. 10 out of 10. Love it. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> yeah, so great. We've only, we've only had one person who listened to it and was like, yes, this is fantastic. And, <laughs> and that was Zach Reiner. And he's like, so out there like if you listen to his comedy he's like out there dude 
And yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense that you would <laughs> you would enjoy this. <laughs> but uh Mike, I'm happy you can join us here today, man. Um we're we're zooming to everybody live uh at, at noon instead of 7 30 because some of us have kids. Jason yeah. doesn't know anything about this, but yeah, some of us have kids. I didn't procreate, so there you go. I, I get to do whatever <laughs> yeah. I want whenever I want. <laughs> I did on accident, so I understand when you have to <laughs> move yeah. things around a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to have you here, man. What we're going to do is we're going to kind of uh, go over your beginnings in comedy and, and see where the conversation takes us. So, Sounds good. So you've been doing comedy for how many years? Uh, 17. 17 years. You, did you start in Michigan or are you just from Michigan? I was born here. I grew up in Cincinnati, which is where I started. And then I okay. moved from Cincy to Chicago and then here. Okay. Right so you're, the pandy. your first open mic was in Cincinnati. Yeah. All right. So what was the scene in Cincinnati, Ohio? Like roughly Jason, do the math on that. What's what's 23 minus 17? Uh, that would have been what? like 2007 or something like that yeah what well, was 2007 yeah, cincinnati 2000, open mics like it's 2006 uh or so and it was uh it was amazing actually i came with a really good group of guys and gals and before ahead of us were uh people like drew hastings josh sneed uh jeff tate dave Waite, ryan singer um Tyrone Hawkins and just like these super good comics mm-hmm. and uh and it was such a great scene to start out in cuz it was so like everyone helps everyone you get off stage everyone watches each other and it's like oh i have this tag for you um and it just was so good and it made us all better because of it so what was what was it like at that time? You know, there there was MySpace, but there wasn't like social media and stuff like that. So what was the scene like w- without the help of social media back then? Um, I think that we pretty early adopted social media. Actually, not as much with uh, like constant content, like uh, reels and stories and stuff, but with like. Um, we released videos like right when i got into the scene all the guy the more established guys were doing like smear track videos where they would just go on and be like uh here's why dave Waite sucks and then it would be two of them like making fun of him and then the next one is like oh here's why ryan singer sucks and it's like dave Waite and another guy just randomly So they would just release these and then we started a, a film festival called flick my clip okay (laughs) and so once a year we would play those so we would constantly be doing videos and stuff and uh we had a sketch comedy we had a show called underbelly which was stand-up comics doing everything but stand-up so it was a lot of sketch but it was also like freestyle rap like um there was interpretive dance beat poetry (laughs) um it was it was crazy and stuff like that like outside the box shows really helped our scene develop so well and and it made you write in a different way and just forced you to grow better so it was uh it was awesome yeah i'm really glad i i started out there that's awesome man and so do you remember like your your exact first time doing comedy yeah um uh, my first time was actually I never count this, but I did, uh, I took, I went to Ohio university and there was a TV and film comedy class. And the final for that thing was to either write a paper or do stand up. And I did stand up. Okay. And so we had like, I think four of us out of a 200 and something people class did it. And we had months of writing sessions before with a guy who had never done stand up comedy. So he would throw out these ideas that either have already been done a thousand times or were just so abstract and you knew it would never work. And um and then a guy who was a stand-up and he was really funny, but I can't remember his name and I've never figured it out since. But uh that was the first time I did it. I w- I dropped out of school, went back and then 
six months later, I started going to the open mics at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Okay. And that was what I consider my first time. And it was, um, I did way better than I should have, I think, because I had already gone on once. And just, it was one of those where I was like, killed. And I was like, oh, this is how it's always going to be. And then I just, <laughs> that mm. was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> the second time was one of the hardest bombs I've ever bombed. And then See, third was a little better. And then I just built back up after that. That's so interesting to me because I, I had that, that pretty much same experience where the first time I did comedy, I did like way too well because I had already yeah. had just, but just tons of jokes written. So I was just kind of throwing stuff out there. And yeah. then, you know, after that, it's like, oh, this is what it's actually like. Like, I, I don't think we've talked to another comic who, you know, their first time actually went exceedingly well like that. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, me and Jacob both both did uh, our very first attempt at stand-up on the same night. We didn't know each other, but it was the same night. Yeah, and, uh, yeah 30 mm-hmm. seconds apart, yeah. yeah. I completely bombed. Like, bombed to the point <laughs> where I didn't get back on stage for, like, two years. <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and, and I'm better at comedy than Jason. So. Yeah. <laughs> My first time, I um, it was a piggyback show, so you had to introduce the comic after you. Oh, the man. And this lady, she was like, also, it was also her first time, and she was like this um, older, I was 19, so, but so she was probably late 20s, early 30s. And she was like, um, she was like, I was like, what do you want me to say? And she's like, you can say whatever you want. You can call me the N-word if you want. And in my 19-year-old brain in 2006, I was like, okay, that, that might be funny. And, and I didn't do it, but I, but it was like, I'm so glad that I had some sense of like, no, I shouldn't say the N-word on stage right after, right after my set. That's probably a good idea to not do that. Yeah, dude, especially back in 2006 where it might have been okay. That's the yeah. worst time to do it, <laughs> arguably, <laughs> where you might have gotten away with it. That's kind right. of the worst. Because then also, now... if, like the club manager is watching and he's like, "Oh, that guy had a good set. Maybe he can work here." And then I immediately say the n word, and he's like, "Oh, never mind." Right. <laughs> or, or it's like it would, it would fly under the radar until you start actually garnering fame, and then someone's like, yeah. "Do you remember this at the open mic in 2006?" <laughs> or somebody that recorded it on like you know like a razor phone or something. Like yeah. Something. yeah, a little grainy video. <laughs> it only plays in real player. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Cronin, more like Mike Rickards. I got you, buddy. I got you. <laughs> oh man, how do you feel about piggy, the piggyback shows? By the way, because I I personally don't like it, but like the like they do that at the mothership, like like the biggest mm-hmm. comedy shows in the world. It's like they don't have a host. It's just if there's a showcase, they just kind of piggyback. Um, I don't know. So, see, I I agree with you there, but um. I've also, I lived in Chicago for five years and they have the worst open mic hosts of all time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And they train their professional hosts like at, at Zany's the host gets paid more than the feature yeah, because they're like house MCs and, and they train them to do a whole bunch of crowd work. They are, they're only allowed to do five minutes of material and they do 10 minutes of crowd work before that. And that just completely ruins the rest of the show if the other comics don't do crowd work or engage at all. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so there's definitely been open mics where I'm like, well, this host just shut the fuck up and stop doing bits in between every fucking comic. Like, this doesn't have to take four hours. Do your 10 minutes up front and then just as quick as you can. If you have like one little riff on something, that's fine. But don't just bore the audience with the story every three minutes yeah i definitely agree with that yeah i mean the the shows around here like you have to have a pretty solid host i feel like because Mm -hmm. you know i mean so we we live in the in the south more more towards biloxi mobile that kind of area uh so so if you don't have a host that's like getting people interested they're not gonna pay attention even if they bought tickets to the fucking show like yeah like you have to have someone getting them hyped up like Mm -hmm. yeah you're not gonna accomplish that if it's just opener feature headliner then you know (laughs) 
it's gonna be also, a shitty show. Yeah, on those on those big shows like that, if the crowd hates the host, then they get bummed out every five minutes when he comes back on stage. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, oh god damn it, he's back again. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, we, we had a, a guy host the show like for a headliner. He was hosted for Mo Alexander in Mobile. And um he you know, whenever he regularly hosts, he'll do all the crowd work and everything. And apparently he just thought that's what that always should be. And he mm. did 20 minutes up front oh, <laughs> on geez. Mo Alexander's show. And then in between all of the booked comics, went back to doing crowd work and bits and shit. Oh, <laughs> and he was so mad. He was like, I'm, you're never going to be on one of my shows ever again. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. And then he stole a bunch of money and moved away. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But, well, God yeah. bless him. Yeah, God bless him, dude. He did the Lord's work. <laughs> he taught some people some lessons about comedy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Here's how you should do it <laughs> 20 minutes of crowd work, steal all the money. <laughs> My friend, uh, they talked about running a, a stand up comedy class. Yeah. And since most of them are scams, what they would do is they would take all their money and then sit them all down in the room and count out all their money and then look at it on stage and go, don't pay for comedy classes. And then they would just walk out the door. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first lesson in comedy. Yeah. Don't pay for comedy classes. <laughs> That's funny, man. All right. Yeah. So, so we're in roughly 2006 Cincinnati. Uh, you mentioned that you're you're a, you started doing open mics at the Go Bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how long did it take you to get your first real like comedy club set? Um, it took a while. I um, I don't know why, but I just wasn't getting to a host for it. I would always do pretty like okay to very good, mm-hmm. but um. There was just something they like, we're not, you're not ready to host. And I think all of my friends who started around the same time I did had already gotten host weeks for a year before I got mine. And in that year, the manager of the club kind of believed in me. So he's like, you're going to host every single open mic for the next year. So I did that. And then when I would do other open mics around the city, a lot of comics knew me as the the open mic there, so they would make me host their open mics too. Oh my god! So just a year, and I think like almost a year and a half of just hosting every single open mic in the city, and it was just like boot camp. Like it sucked so much, but it it made me uh, get the reps and and become a good host. So I hosted an open mic here for about a year. And um, I I don't think I would ever want to host an open mic ever again. Yeah. It was some of the worst comedians and hardest pr- to pronounce names of all time. Yeah. Do you have like anything that sticks out in your memory of like the worst comedian you've put up or like the hardest, like most fucked up name you've had to try to, you know, get correct coming up to the open <laughs> mic? Um, hmm. I don't. No, well, I I did do the I did host for it was before they were blew up, but Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. Mm-hmm. Christina was featuring and she was recording an album that week. And so I go, like, what do you want me to bring you up as? And she said, um, Christina, I think I'm gonna switch to Christina P. And I was like, Why? And she's like, Well, just everyone mispronounces my name. And I was like, I'll get your name right. Let's just, you should just stick with your name. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So she, um, so I introduced her at every show as Christina Pazitsky. And it's Christina Pazitsky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that is how I introduced her in the album is Christina Pazitsky or Pazitsky. And then when I listened to their podcast for the first time, I was like, Oh fuck! I ruined her album. <laughs> no, you you submitted her change to Christina P. Is what yeah, you did. I solidified it for sure. You made her career better by, yeah. by, by making her have to switch to Christina P. Yep. 
<laughs> You're welcome, Christina. Dude, we we had a guy here one time when I was hosting the mic who uh, not only was his name hard, his his name was like Stefan Duran or something like that, mm-hmm. some kind of weird like Louisiana <laughs> made up bullshit name. And he had been coming for a while, and every time he came to the mic, he started some kind of problem, or he would say something like too fucked up on stage, like and not like dark humor fucked up but like mm-hmm. racist fucked up you know yeah sure <laughs> like he would like do all this like conservative comedy shit and um he came up to me and and said something about his name because i'd mispronounced it the week before and he's like hey you better get my name right this time if you know what's good for you I remember this. and like tried to strong arm me into reading his name better and uh, we we almost got into a fist fight at this open mic over me not pronouncing his name correctly because i mispronounced it on purpose and then i put the mic on the ground for him to pick up (laughs) (laughs) so that almost started a fist fight (laughs) because fuck that guy dude i hate him (laughs) at um at go bananas the uh the manager just grabs whatever comic is around to do the offstage for the like professional shows on the weekend yeah and our host was a very funny guy out of Columbus. He's moved on somewhere a few places, but he's so funny. His name is Sumac Turgalkar. Hey. <laughs> and uh and they the guy who introduced him knew who he was and was friends with him, but just panicked in the moment and he got so close. He goes, Give it up for Sumac Targalki. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was like, Oh, you you just had to close the end. That was it. <laughs> you were right there, dude. <laughs> you were in the end zone and you fumbled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like those guys that drop the ball before they cross the plane and it's a fumble. Like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, but even somebody like me who has like one of the easiest last names on the planet, people still mess my name up. Oh, yeah, dude. I've heard Robins before. <laughs> Jason oh, I Robins. called uh, <laughs> the. Um, I did the offstage once and I. I said, give it up for your headliner, Jimmy Dore, instead of John Dore. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, it was that way and not the other way around, because John was like, "That I don't care. That's funny. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, Jimmy would have been like, what the fuck? (laughs) He screamed at me. (laughs) That's funny, dude. Okay, so so you had your first club set a few years after. You've been hosting open mics for a whole year at this point. So let's talk about your club journey. Like what, what kind of clubs did you start in and, and when did you kind of start traveling to do comedy? Um, like I said, I, I, we had a great group of like people right above us and they told us from the jump, like get out, travel and do open mics in other cities because you can just become so insular. And if you go to the same club every week and do the open mic, you start to write jokes for the crowd that shows up specifically to that club. Yeah. And um, like when I was in Chicago, I would go and see like these open mic guys who go to every open mic murdering to an open mic crowd of mostly other comics. And I'm like, you can go 10 miles that way with this exact same set and just bomb harder than. I've ever seen anyone bomb because you're writing so specific to this type of people. So we, I was doing out of town open mics at least from probably six months in we would travel and do stuff. But as far as like my first book show, it was probably um, maybe four years in I did like the Dayton funny bone, which is, um, the next city above Cincinnati. So it wasn't that far. It was like a 40 minute drive. Okay, good. To Dayton, an hour. Dayton, Ohio. I, w- I don't know why I was thinking of Dayton, Florida. If that's even a fucking <laughs> oh, <yeah>. place. <laughs> Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. of Daytona and I was like, Jesus that's... Christ, did you start in Florida? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Which, uh, sorry, well, I mean, we're, we're, oh, you're good, dude. I, I didn't mean to yeah, cut yeah. you off. Um, we're we're really close to florida here like pensacola area mm-hmm. and i was shocked the first few shows that i did there where i took like my dirty blue dark mississippi humor which is kind of what you have to have here for anyone to 
laugh at your shit. And yeah. it took it to Pensacola, Florida. And I'm like, they're going to eat this up because this is Florida. And it's like the, like the uppiest, like rich, <laughs> high scale people in Pensacola. And they're just like, you need to go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Florida's so weird for comedy because they're either like super white trash. So they're up for rowdy stuff or. Mm-hmm. They're they're um, the oldest people you've ever met's parents, and (laughs) (laughs) they're just. I did I do a show in Sarasota. I've done a couple weekends there, and the first show on Saturdays is at I think six fifteen. Oh, so yeah, like it's still bright out when the late show's done at like (laughs) nine thirty. Wow, it's insane. And the crowd is that. That's the early bird crowd. And it's like, I'm not exaggerating. I think the youngest person in one of the shows was 55 years old. Yeah, that makes sense, dude. (laughs) I've definitely seen shows like, like down here, the only semblance of a comedy club we have is there's a bonkers inside one of the casinos (laughs) inside Boomtown Casino. There's a freaking bonkers. Yeah. And I've seen like, comics i know have like headlined it and they'll take pictures of the crowd or whatever and there's like oxygen tanks yeah like long gray like rat ponytails yeah just the the oldest conglomeration of people you could ever imagine going to casino <laughs> shows hell yeah it sounds like fun I gotta hit nobody up. under 70 goes to that casino like that's just one of those <laughs> yeah. casinos like no local under the age of like 70 goes there he said yeah, bonkers. Dude. I just remembered I I did a bonkers gig with a guy named James Yan, and he is so funny. His set ends with um kind of a hacky thing, but he is like a huge guy, and he ends with like he's talking about his mom, his wife's panties or something, and he lifts the back of his shirt, and he's got a whale tail because he's been wearing a thong <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> And I just pictured him to that seven seventy year old crowd you were talking about, just murdering. <laughs> They're yeah. slapping the table. <laughs> like it's so funny when you bomb in front of a crowd that you think like, oh, this crowd sucks, and then to see what they laugh at after you, right? Where you're like, oh, I am just not their crowd. Like I wouldn't think this was funny, but this is destroying. Yeah, right. that's when yeah. you're like, all right, let's <laughs> let me pull up some old Ann- Henny Youngman one-liners. <laughs> I walk up yeah. on stage. <laughs> Take my wife, please. <laughs> all right, so you're you're traveling doing clubs at this point. Um so I'm I'm curious like when you started meeting people like Tom Segura and Bo Burnham. Like so w- when was the first time you met Tom Segura and w- and we're at um that was at go bananas and that again like not to suck the scene stick but but what makes it great is the club go bananas is so welcoming yeah. like after your first or second open mic when i was there they were like come to the any any show on the weekend you want we'll let you stand in the back and watch a show nice. and just hang out and you learn so much more watching every show. And then I became a door guy later on at the club and would see every single show. And um, yeah, just being around all the time, I met so many comics just from going to watch them that weekend who ended up bringing me on the road. Guys like Andy Woodhall and Tommy, Tommy Jonigan early out. And uh, I met Tom at Go Bananas. I showed up to a Sunday show and this was in 2008, 2009. So way before he blew up and right. there was 15 people in the crowd. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and there was so few and he was just like, fuck it. He brought the feature up and they did a little sketch in the middle of his headlining set. <laughs> and, uh, it was about, um, I think Marvin Harrison shot somebody and then ran to his, his cousin's car wash and he was like hide this gun if anyone sees it don't tell him where it was and this was like a true story so the guy hides it the cops show up to his cousin's car wash and the first thing he says is oh y'all looking for that gun (laughs) (laughs) 
So they did a sketch of him with like other famous uh, athletes who got into trouble. So they're like, oh, y'all you look for that bloody glove? Yeah, OJ just stopped by. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw him when he was like, uh, nobody knew who he was and, and was just cutting his teeth, uh, torn the country headlining and I became friends with him um, through that. And then Bo, I only did one gig with, but I was just, um, I had been working for a chain of clubs and they go, hey, we need an opener in the middle of Ohio. Can you come open for Bo Burnham? And I did. And I showed up and this was, uh, this was right when his, his really good, I think, what's the special happy, like be happy or make happy? Yeah, make happy, I think, is it. It was right before that came out. So it was that material and it was so good. And he was probably like 26 at the time. And I show up, it was at a college and they're like, he's up in this room and I go up there and all I see are college kids. And then I realize that, oh, this guy on the couch is Bo Burnham. <laughs> Cause he's just like, he had his hand over his face. He was playing with his hair and just on his phone. I was like, that's every college kid right there. Right. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Just trying to pick out an unknown face of Bo Burnham in a room full of college kids doing the same thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it, was, it was funny, too. The lady like who brought me up there was trying to like talk shit about Bo. Like, oh, he's kind of like standoffish and rude. And then I get up there and he was the nicest guy in the world. And then she brought me back down later. She's like, I mean, didn't you see how rude he was? I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, <laughs> she just, one of those people who just like the second someone leaves, she's like, oh, that, let me tell you exactly why that guy sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she would be a good comedian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she should start, she should have opened oh, for Bo Burnham. Yeah. Oh, you mean an open micer? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. You mean, you mean everyone less than a year in comedy, dude? <laughs> and also everyone over a year in comedy, dude? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every comedian. Yeah, I had, I had two buddies who were just like, just having fun talking shit about uh, a bunch of comics on their way to um, like a Just for Laugh showcase or something. And my other buddy in the back, who's so hyper positive, just didn't talk the entire trip, like an eight hour trip to Omaha. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, look at that guy. And they're they're friends with all the guys they're talking shit about. They're just mm. doing that comic thing of like, uh, oh, isn't this guy fucking crazy? <laughs> and then you, that guy, that guy leaves and you talk to the guy you're just talking about. You're like, isn't that guy that just left fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is it with comedians and we all have to make fun of one another? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're broken. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. We got to tell you guys about B-Res Coffee Company. That's right. B-Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel flavored roast. Or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. <laughs> I don't know how many of us have had solid father figures, I think. is yeah. what it is. <laughs> so we have to just fuck with each other. So when all this was going on, I mean, were you working a regular job or was it comedy kind of the thing that you just made money that way? Comedy was the thing. It, um, I, I always had other jobs, but even as an open micer, I was comedy was the most important. So it didn't matter if I did had a six a.m. job. I was doing comedy, hanging out until everyone left every night. So sometimes I would close down the bar at three, come home, get an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep, and then get ready for work and just work ten hours. Ugh. <laughs> yeah so comedy was always number one it always has been so it's just whatever job i can get to work around that so it was mostly landscaping jobs um i worked the door the club and then i started doing the landscaping at the club 
which was awesome. I would just come in whenever and work as much as I want. And it was this huge complex. So it was always stuff to do. And that helped me to be the guy that whenever there was a fallout in the Midwest, someone's like, Hey, we need a comic in eight hours in St. Louis. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. I'll drop everything and I can do that. No problem. So that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the best way to, you know, make a name for yourself in comedy is is being the guy that everyone like, oh, well, we know we can call this guy and then he'll you know, like come to our show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it works great until you have two kids and no savings. And now you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. I have, I have one kid and no savings and I'm, I'm struggling, buddy. Hey, I have no kids and no savings. So I don't want to... <laughs> Yeah, Jason, you need to start saving up for that inevitable, uh, inevitable hip replacement, buddy. Oh, I plan on being right now. I plan on being dead before anything like that has to happen. You're gonna be dead because you need a hip replacement, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) You need to start, start putting something back. What's your retirement plan? Death, pretty much. (laughs) Okay, so I I want to shift focus into preparing for your debut album. It's called Hot for Too Long. Uh, people can listen to it right now if you're listening to this podcast afterwards you can go check out his album um i'm i'm curious so when when did you release the album and i've i ask everyone this who who has a special coming out why why did you decide it was now is the time to produce an hour special um i released my first one in 2015 um and i I had been nine years into comedy and my friend uh, Sally Brooks, who had started around the same time as me, she just kind of came to me. We're like really good friends. And she's like, let's do our albums on the same night. Let's set a date and just put out an album. And so we did that. And then um, I prepared so hard. I, for days I would, I like wrote out, my entire set everything i was going to say for an hour and then i would walk around read it i would record myself and then i would listen to that and just prepared so hard and then that night i was sitting in the back green room just like going through my notes and going through my notes and i hear sally get a big laugh and it's something i had heard before and i started laughing and then i was like damn i'm missing my friend do this awesome thing so I put all my notes down and then I watched the rest of her set and it just made me feel so good. And it was like, oh, we're doing this thing together. And then um, I go on stage and I immediately fuck up the first line of my first joke. Damn. And it, <laughs> yeah. And it was one show, one night only. So I was like, well, that's it. This is what the album's going to be now. It's not perfect. And it took all the pressure off. And so I was able to be loose and fuck around because I was like, fuck it like it's already it's already the way it is and that's who i am on stage i fuck up words all the time so it ended up being like the best thing that happened for me that night that's awesome man yeah yeah so and then, so you and i ahead, noticed buddy. that a few time uh in your youtube special thick worm uh where you were telling a joke and then you realize you messed up a word so you'll back up and retell it and yeah, you're the only person I've seen that could get away with that and actually have it be funny, like yeah. hilarious. Like I've seen comedians uh-huh. try to do that and it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it doesn't work. But for some reason, you found a way to make that work. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, I'm like insanely I have a couple jokes about it, but I'm just bad at talking normally. So to be a professional talker is insane but i yeah i knew i was gonna fuck something up so i always like if i do a riff in my set i'm i normally like stick to my bits but it's probably because i fucked up a word and it makes me like go back and then do a riff on like what that word meant or like completely different meaning or something and that's where so when i was doing both the the special and the album i fucked up and i was like well Luckily, I've practiced what I do when I fuck up. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so we just went into that. 
Yeah, I think people can tell when it's genuine too. Like, I mean, you're you're being very genuine on stage when you fuck up a word. Like, like it's yeah. not written down. It's not prepared. It's like, oh, this is just who I am and what I do sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just make the best of the moment. Everyone's in there, and also like people who fuck up and don't address it. Everyone just was in that moment with you and when you don't bring it up it makes it so much weirder <laughs> yeah but isn't that scary though i mean i know you probably can't remember the first time you ever did that but just sort of like where you know you fucked up and you're just like fuck it i'm gonna run this thing back and we're gonna do this again and have it be funnier to redo it than the original joke was you know it, it, <laughs> It's just, it's a weird thing to me. Like, I like that just doesn't compute in my head. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's like what I, how I learned to do comedy because this is who I am. So I don't, I just, I just did what I did. It's like when someone's like, what's it like growing up in Louisiana? You're like, I don't know. I didn't grow up anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and there are some other really famous comics that I I know do that. I think Conan might have been one. I'm I'm struggling to find an example, but oh like yeah, would, Conan is would, a huge influence on me. See, I I see that a little bit because Conan would do a joke and he wouldn't mess it up, but it like wouldn't get a reaction, right, and he would be yeah. like, "Let's do that again," <laughs> and then and then just do it like angrier, and it would be hilarious. Yeah, or he would like bring out some puppet or some like gag, um, yeah. some. And then he would like bring that prop back out here, and then he would just show the crowd how shitty it was. It's like this was the best that we came up with tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just just completely making fun of himself. And yeah. I see I see that a lot in your stand up too. You know, I mean, you're very self deprecating, and you know, that I can I can see why why Conan would be an influence with with your style. Yeah, man, you got to be able to laugh at yourself if that's. Uh, people go way too hard in it sometimes but if you yeah there's a nice little medium there i think i think we've all been around somebody who makes fun of themselves too much and you're like jesus man don't kill yourself just yeah. we're just trying to have <laughs> <Yeah>. a good time <laughs> or, dude we, i mean i've seen open markers who have gone on stage and like started like eating shit like they're not doing well and then they're just like yeah. i'm gonna kill myself after this this is going horrible like, yeah. and they're like dude we're not on your side like yeah you can do that when you've made us laugh right <laughs> we're not now we're all concerned that you're going to not only kill yourself but also us so <laughs> right. calm down <laughs> yeah. yeah there was a guy at an open mic at, at go bananas who came out did like four minutes in a trench coat and then after that he opened it up and he had like a bomb strapped to his chest but instead of tnt it was bananas <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like with a alarm clock in the middle and it got like a a, la a big laugh but i think a lot of the comics in the back like he's probably going to actually do that someday <laughs> <laughs> we we had a guy here who uh started coming around mississippi because he was like dude the the guys on the new orleans scene suck they like ran me out of their seed and i'm like okay i can kind of see that with some of the people there like I, I you know i'm friends with a lot of new new orleans comics but they mm -hmm. definitely have a lot of bad ones over there and he starts coming around here and he's not that bad at comedy so he starts booking some shows and whatnot mm -hmm. and then um starts texting this female comic who's been on the scene forever and was like getting really weird with it and like trying to tell her how to run her show and shit and then oh, she like yeah. just kind of slightly puts him in his place and he fucking loses his mind and mm -hmm. like we had to ban him from every show that we do so that he doesn't show up and potentially stab somebody <laughs> that was that was a really funny story you want to try it again without a cat asshole walking on screen <laughs> no <laughs> look when jason podcasts there's always a cat asshole on the screen yeah, this, this is my cat luke he, he likes to jump on me when i'm here at my desk because he's got nothing what's his better name to do. loki luke oh luke hell yeah because when i got him he had a sister with him found him in the walmart parking lot and he had a sister with him named him luke and her leia but she's no nice. longer with us so it's just him now oh okay well glad i asked <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Jason, Jason cares about his cats way too much. It's kind yeah. of a problem. <laughs> Jason, you probably should have had kids. No, no, um, I'm good. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about, Jason? Like, he, he debatably uh, let the air out of your tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't prove it, but it's a pretty good co- uh, coincidence. It would be pretty. I'm pretty positive it was him that because uh, he didn't let the air out of my tire. He put air in my tire so that oh, it would yeah, explode. Right. Like you don't just oh, wake Jesus. up one morning and go for and and have like what was it like seventy pounds of of uh, per square inch. Uh, 70 psi of air in my tire and not you know 30 what it's supposed to be i'm like yeah that doesn't just happen yeah that's someone did that intentionally how did you know it was uh 70 psi well because my the the little light came on the sensor so i was like oh Oh, i must have a flat tire somewhere so i went and checked all the tires the rest of them are fine and the driver's side one had like 70 psi in it i'm like what the fuck why is that so much more malicious than letting air out of the tire? <laughs> because it's one because of those, he wants he, he I, wants them to drive on it so yeah, that he'll yeah. run off the road. It explodes, I and I end up like you know flipping my car at like eighty right. miles an hour on the interstate. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just like saying, like, why is that so much more? Me- it's because you're doing more effort. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. He had he had to get a portable like air pump. Right, right, right. Jason's apartment <laughs> complex. Put air in the tire while waking no one up in the middle of the night with it going. Yeah, <laughs> it takes so much more effort. And then it's like you don't even really get the payoff that you're looking for. Like, you know, even if I did die, it would or something horrible happens. Like it would have been like days later. You know, like like what what was your expected payoff for that? Was was it my death? Like going, you know, have an exploding tire, like Jesus Christ, or like what the hell? Like, why not just flatten my tires like a normal human being? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, you're assuming he didn't follow you. He could have been watching you that whole time. That's yeah, creepy, and I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Look, if you want to hear something even more sinister? This guy did. While while yeah. we were still cool, he uh he offered me three pounds of crawfish out of a trash bag in a parking lot, and I took it. <laughs> Dude, those How was the crawfish? Uh, it, yeah, it was out of a trash bag. They were probably, yeah, they, were, they were probably boiled in pee. Probably. <laughs> probably, dude. They weren't good. I threw away a, a good chunk of the trash bag. Ah, uh, damn. <laughs> yeah, it was not, it was not cool. And also, he was like, yo, I sell weed on the side. You can get me $10 for a Lucy. I was like, sweet, dude, I'll I'll do that. And then he shows up. He's like, I'm out of weed. Here's a tab of LSD. I was like, no. That is not the same, my man. I don't want you to manufacture LSD for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust you like that. I'm out of weed. You want this fentanyl I just came across here? (laughs) (laughs) You want to touch this loose pill I found in the parking lot? (laughs) It could be anything. Yeah, I don't have a pocket knife, but I do have an Apache helicopter. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> just totally different. <laughs> because he, he had expressed, like, hey, if you ever want mushrooms, I can get you those. I was like, well, I've never tried mushrooms, but if it's only 10 bucks, then I'll try a little mushroom. And then I guess he just assumed that meant I was down to do LSD. <laughs> But uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast here, guys. Uh, it's been a fun one, man. We've, uh, we've yeah, touched man. on a lot of stuff. Mike, is there anything that we missed? Is there anything you want to talk about before we start calling it a day? Um, I, uh, I got a podcast, a couple of podcasts, actually. I have um, okay. um, the one I'm doing right now is called comics on film where we watch comic book movies and me and my friend just kind of uh just tear them down and um that's a lot of fun and this is the worst pitch ever this sounds so boring but i <laughs> i, <laughs> I, know, I was a, into it i would watch yeah that. <laughs> but i reference 
the podcast uh, I used to do was called Mr. Cheeks. It was a sketch podcast where me and my friend were the worst. Uh, we were male strippers who were in witness protection program, and we <laughs> we worked at the worst strip club in the country called Mr. Cheeks. <laughs> And so it's called Mr. Cheeks. <laughs> I like it. I dig that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, yeah. I think that's it. We got the two album, the album, the special and uh, make me famous. Yeah. I would say uh, uh, everybody go to Mike Cronin I'm going to put that link in the show notes. You can go there. You can see uh, you got your schedule up there for upcoming shows. You've got uh, on the seventh, you got Hazel Park, Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see uh, in October you got Tacoma Comedy Club Helium Comedy Club so go if you want to check them out go to uh, MikeCronenComedy.com you go to the podcast from there uh, uh, you got a shop on here it's awesome so go check it out and go check out the the, the new special on Spotify and, uh, the, and uh, also on YouTube the last special you did was called uh, Thick Worm uh, that was from mm -hmm. uh, what was last year that you did that one yeah and uh, so go check those out, everybody. And uh, so, Jacob, you have anything scheduled coming up? Yes. So, okay. The rest of the month on this podcast is going to be just as lit as this episode was, dude. We've got Steve <laughs> Byrne coming on next week. We've got oh, Tom yeah. Cotter. We've got uh, Matt O'Brien, who was a staff writer for Conan, coming on at the end of the month. And uh, September 16th, I will be in Ocean Springs doing Don't Tell Comedy. Uh, as soon as that venue is announced, so it'll be the day of the show, I will let everybody know. So you got to buy tickets to come find out. And uh, I'll be okay. just doing open mics over the next couple of weeks to knock the rust <laughs> off because it's been a while. So got some new you bits I want to try out. So I'm rusty. I'm a rusty old man right now. So yeah, uh, Mike, I hear you, man. Mike, thank I, you. Uh, oh, what were you going to say? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I, we just had a kid and... He's uh three weeks old, so oh, I I haven't been staying up in like thank you, I haven't done it since late July, and I'm doing it oh, this wow. week for the first time. So awesome, God bless, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, everybody, thank you for watching, Mike. Thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been awesome. I have to have you back, and we're the hit makers here. Every time we have somebody on the show, like a week later, that something happens and they blow up. So hopefully that Great. good luck will will rub off uh -huh. on you. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to give Steve Byrne his big break. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we're gonna make his whole career. Dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we're the well, Sanford thanks, and Son of podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or Sullivan and Son. I'm sorry, Sullivan yeah. and Son. But uh, but yeah, well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you everybody for listening. And if you want to email us, you can email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com Go to Linktree slash openmicerspodcast. That takes you everywhere you need to go you can follow us on twitter and instagram at open micers at jake Funktastic, at jacob c craig and at jacob craig comedy and that's gonna do it for this week thank you everybody for hanging out with us and we'll see you next week we're the champagne of podcasts that was amazing yeah thank you <laughs> this podcast is a zoo house llc production 